0: everybody this is aj capasso here host of talking with the source and i'm here with my special friend today go ahead my friend introduce yourself hey my name's nando i'm part of portal to the paranormal
1: and thank you aj for inviting me on as your co-host this evening dude to i
0: am so happy that, i'm so happy that you were able to come on man i mean you're always there though i appreciate it. you're a great friend and uh honestly i can't can't say thanks enough but um i want to jump I want to jump right into this, man. Um, yep. We have an awesome team with us today. And uh, first, what I want to do is I want to actually shout out Global Ghost Hunt because right now this team is part of Global Ghost Hunt. They're going to be um, with us in May. It's going to be amazing. Um, so I want to bring on Jody and Lisa from Pitt. Let's bring them on right hey. now. How are you guys?
2: All oh, fine. Good,
0: hey How are you? good. good. So, guys, um, first question I want to ask you is, um, I'll start with Jody. How did you get into the paranormal? Like, how did you start liking the paranormal? How did you get into it? Did it start as a child or start when you got older?
2: Well, actually, um, I'll try not to bore you too much. It did start with me as a child. Uh, Actually, I thought paranormal uh, was kind of, what I thought was normal was actually paranormal at the time. Um, my great-grandmother was an herb witch for the hauler. I don't know if you know what those are or not. No, basically, no. basically, they're the medicine women uh, for the family haulers. Back in the day, you couldn't run to a doctor. So you'd see the herb witch, and she'd mix you up some to make you feel better or help you. And uh, she would have um, weird little sayings and so on. And uh, one of the first things I can remember was, a uh she would uh sometimes go buddy you want to see something uh cool n- nice and i'll be like sure she's like i'll make a tree bark and i laughed at her you know i was a little kid thinking you can't make a tree bark and uh, she's like well go out there and take a look at that tree over there walked out there and you know how a tree will a uh, branch will split after it's been broken for a while
3: yeah
2: well, when I walked out there, that was moving back and forth like it was barking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. She would paint bowl that when she'd string green beans, she'd put the, fill it up and tell it to go empty itself and slide to the end of the table, dump it, and come back. Stuff of that nature. Um, or, uh, so uh, as I got older, I realized that wasn't quite normal uh but there wasn't really any way to prove it until um about 1992-93 uh you guys know coast to coast with art bell yeah yeah and he had a guest on i forget who he was but he was like he claimed this guy could take a tape deck in the graveyard and get voices of the dead uh shortly after that me and the guys uh my first group or whatever we were a bunch of teenagers uh started walking around graveyards at night now mind you, this is Greenwood, Kentucky, uh or <laughs> 92. And uh if we were caught doing something like that, instant bad juju on us. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, but it, we started finding some pretty interesting stuff even back then, uh with just our tape decks and 110 cameras. Hey, and
3: I mean, they just comes
0: up from yeah. there, huh? said the old ways work i love the old ways you know just a digital recorder sometimes just that alone can be a, mm-hmm. a golden thing
2: right the worst thing was uh back then was the the pictures. you know it cost about six eight bucks for a roll of 24 As, you know, <laughs> compared to the thousands the team does now yeah i i shudder to think how much that would take
0: <laughs> oh i know yeah that would be definitely a lot you're you're absolutely right mm-hmm. i mean i have a buddy that obviously uses a uh up, oh, we lost. Up, oh, there we go. Uh, we have. I have a buddy that uses obviously a Polaroid, you know, camera, and he'll be mm-hmm. taking a ton of pictures. So I mean, he, he goes through a lot, you know, a lot of money yeah. with it, obviously. But I know what you mean. You know, that's why I love having the digital, you know, cameras nowadays. But it's there's nothing like the old school, you know, the old old school style mm-hmm. cameras. I don't know what it was, but it's just like for some reason I feel like they captured something different. I don't know what it is. Not something different. How do I put this? Like in in a word that. The capture organic, yes, more organic. Yes, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. okay, I'm yeah. glad you kind of knew what I was talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. you know, I think, with, I think with the Polaroid cameras as well, you know, where they're printed as you've taken it, that comes out with the mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you know, I'm a big thing, you know, let's be real with the paranormal. You can't fake, so if you've got anything for a Pol- Polaroid camera, it's very hard to debunk That's it, right? You, know, if you get something, you know, how are you going to say this ain't real because you can't. Like technology now, you can you can adjust the images that you're taking through digital mm-hmm. cameras and things like that. So I think Polaroid is a really good way of still, you know, using that as part of your investigation.
2: All right.
0: Cool. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Lisa, how about you? How, how did you get into the paranormal?
4: Um, I'm kind of fresh into it, um, okay. and i I think that. As I have thought about things, um, my mom sort of had dreams and visions and things. And she would kind of talk to us about how, like if my mom didn't want my dad going out on a motorcycle or something like that, you know, she'd let him know. And maybe something would have happened if um, she hadn't said something. Um, and one time, whenever I was 16, then um, my stomach was kind of turning as I was heading out to go to work and it was raining. and it was my first time driving in the rain. And so I thought, well, maybe it's just nerves or something like that. But I did it up, um, hydropraining and, um, rolled over four different times ever on the other end of the side of the road. Um, so, um, I, because I didn't listen to my intuition. <laughs> so, um, but, um, then in 2019, then, um, I went on a vacation with, um, my niece and my aunt, she took us to several different places and that kind of um, helped it grow. And then shortly after that, I ended up going to um, the Haunted Majestic and uh, for a ghost tour that they was doing. And um, the kids ended up talking to some of the team and then they invited us to join and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I was like,
4: this is real. Um, so, um, here I am <laughs> and now I'm kind of engulfed in it and started, um, you know, um, participating a lot more and even so more than my kids and I'll be like, my kids, you guys got me into this and now you're not even interested in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's and, funny.
1: And just a question with regards to both of you, so you, you now have your teams and everything, now mm-hmm. I know from speaking to loads of different people in the field, they have different ways of how they begin their investigations. So some people believe in protection chance, you know, to keep them grounded, you know, certain prayers. Um, so before you go ahead and start your investigations, do you have like a like sort of thing that you do on every occasion before you start your investigations?
2: Well, um, normally my mass businesses, um he starts uh, prepping himself, and the people who are more um, apt for those type of attacks and so on. I'll be honest with you, me and myself. I'm like a rock to whatever entities are out there. And in fact, they would probably not want to follow me home because they would be instantly turned to lab rats. Yeah. In fact, I'm sitting across from an uh, entertainment center that uh, came from a case that these the. Owner said it was possessed by his ex-wife. Well, I've been sitting and I watched it for months. It's not done a thing. (laughs) But um, normally what we do is we go in, me and my case manager. I normally let the case manager uh, talk with the client. uh, And we try to get a more uh, in-depth of how the family lives, a little more history on uh, how long they've been there. Um, I find that in most cases, when you go to a client's house, uh, people are more open with female investigators than they are with male investigators. Yeah. I've always considered myself kind of like Herman Munster when I talk to people, even though I'm trying to be nice. For some reason, they act like they're scared.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I listen and then um, normally I'll start taking base readings and so on. And then uh, once we get through with that, we'll go outside, and by then, the, uh, our metaphysicist will have put up the shields or whatever um, they need to do, and we let him go in. And I don't know if you guys know much about hunting, like if you're going after a coon or a possum or something like that.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, well, you know, the hunter uses the hounds to, to search out where the critters are, right? Yeah. Well, that's basically what my metaphysicist does. He's like, I feel something strange in the bedroom, or I, I think something, you know, is down in the basement, and then I'll uh, take his word and start setting up equipment in those key areas uh, to try to capture something, mm. and, and that's how we start the night off. Cool. Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. No.
1: and what about you lisa do you tend to do anything before you go out yourself so do you do anything to keep yourself grounded or you know is there anything that you like to do for yourself to feel that you're protected
4: um yeah i'm reiki one certified and so i have um a little bit of energy work that i do and then um a little bit of um incense that i'll kind of dab on my forehead and my the back of my neck and um Then uh, if I'm feeling really um, needy, I guess then I'll ask our metaphysica. uh, Uh, (laughs) Wow!
0: (laughs) Even Uh, I said that. I didn't even want to say the name.
4: (laughs) Um, To um, you know assist, and a lot of times I'll ask him to assist after we've done the hunt. Brilliant!
3: Brilliant! Awesome! Awesome!
4: I love
0: how you're involved with Reiki and stuff like that, because I was actually interested in in actually taking Reiki one and I wanted to actually, you know, go up the ladder. Like, how how was your experience with it? Was it, was it good or?
4: Yeah. um, I think it it really actually helps to open you up um, to the paranormal. And then it also allows for you to um, know how to close things, you know, that you need to close um, if you do need to do so. Um, So, um, I haven't done anything further than Reiki 1, but um, because I don't practice a lot, I'm not very, you know, um, you have to practice daily, and I'm not uh, one that does that very well. Um, Yeah, So, um, it's all right. So, um, I haven't proceeded on to Reiki 2, you know, because of that fact.
0: Well, see, I I work I work with binaural beats. Which I, do you know what binaural beats are? Like they're basically uh, just frequencies, and uh, okay. they put on the headphones, and then the you know the frequency, like say if it's a hundred okay, and hundred and twenty, yeah. it'd be twenty or whatever hertz. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do that for like the chakras and stuff, and I've done it for a long time to open up the chakras and you know all that stuff. Work on the third eye. And it's I've had amazing experiences like out of body experiences um, doing it during meditation and stuff, and um, it's been uh, great to do. And um, I work with a medium very closely that helps me, um, teaches me how to like close things down and and protect myself and and all this type of stuff. So um, it's definitely awesome. But Jody, one thing I wanted to ask Nana, do you want to have something you want to ask real quick? Cause I, there's no no a... no, you can
1: uh, I can you ask your okay. question and okay. um,
0: we'll take turns each way. All right, so i know you're you're very scientific i could see it am i right uh yeah <laughs> okay i could i could feel it off you from the moment i met you man and i i love that now i want I, you were talking about something with the gear that you were saying to nando earlier um you were saying about um the negative ions and the positive ions what was that gear you were talking about
2: oh you're referring to uh as what we call our sped which is basically a uh Stand, we it's short for standard PIT electronic device. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do was try to standardize all the equipment that the team members would pack on a home investigation or even a research site.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, so I basically worked on an all-in-one, I built a prototype, tinkered with it for a few years. And the last few years I've been, I've made them and hand them out to new team members so that they can get used to them. Um, basically I hand build these from scratch. Uh, they are. Um, they have a negative ion detector, a positive ion detector, a RF waves detector. Now, it's not as uh, sensitive as what you can buy uh, over the counter, but if it goes off, chances are, you know, you you probably can hear a radio station with your braces on. Um, That's and, good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, uh, I hand build the EMF detector. Um, and uh, also one of the things I wanted to put in the device because most ghost groups, uh, especially on TV and so on, they claim, look, we're, we've got power drain going on. So one of, the, one of the main things I put in there is a digital voltage monitor. So if we are truly getting power drain, we can actually physically observe it. And the standard drain for these devices are usually about one volt loss per hour. So if you start off with 9.3 or some volts in an hour, it should be something like eight, 8.1, something like that. Mm. So if you start getting, huh?
0: That's a, smart, that's a smart idea. I never would even have thought of that. That's a great idea. Have you had good mm. success with it? Actually, yes.
2: Excellent success. Um, they, uh, we even installed a, or I've installed a laser pointer in there because more or less uh, we've been out in the graveyard or something and someone go hey look over there. You see that well that you know That's not a very precise way of pointing at anything. So they've got laser pointers built into them. That's got really good range um, And they're really simple to use uh, And they're durable also another thing I took into consideration is you know if you don't if you have my taco look. Anytime we schedule outdoor graveyard hop or graveyard hunt, it rains. <laughs> so can actually uh, take rain and so on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my, my team uh, tries to prevent me from ever scheduling anything outside. <laughs> uh, my on, says that's my paranormal ability right there.
0: There you go. uh brian uh brian laverty the founder of global ghost on the director um he just wanted to personally say thank you guys for joining the global ghost on um Mm -hmm. and so uh thank you for watching
1: um what i was going to ask so when you guys are investigating Mm -hmm. i think we can all relate to this like when we go to different locations we get different vibes um and more we're in this field the more you start learning about different like situations about energies entities and things like that when -hmm. you're in a location can you tell the difference if you've got an energy that's present with you that is a good energy or something that could be something that's not like something demonic have you ever crossed anything and is there telltale signs that you've picked up along the years that you can tell the difference between a good and a bad energy
2: um I'm not much of an energy filler myself. Now, Lisa is probably closer to it. My metaphysicist guy, uh, he's usually um, good about picking that up. However, I will say there's definite signs other than just filling the goosebumps on your back and so on, uh, you'll get weird power anomalies. Uh, we've had one investigation where literally one of our uh, people, we came in, the purse was upside down, Nothing in it. All through the night, we kept finding bits and pieces of her purse throughout the residence, and the power kept breaking and breaking down throughout the night as well. Um, A lot of times, you can I can gauge uh, if something's really really dark uh, by the demeanor of the client that we go into a home investigation with. Um, Some, you know. I hate to say it, uh, do need more professional help. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that doesn't mean they don't have anything paranormal. That just means they might be exaggerating what's there.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Cool. No, and I what totally
3: understand.
2: You, you. Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, what would you say, Nando?
1: What about you, Lisa? Do you get a, do you pick up a vibe with different entities when you're out on investigations? Can you tell the difference between something good and something potentially not so good?
4: um i haven't really been able to identify how to tell um the good or not so good but um sometimes whenever we go to a location um my shoulders will get just a little bit heavier you know and so and they'll start kind of aching a little bit um and then i know that there's you know definitely something with this or with me even more but um yeah i'm, I'm still kind of new at all of this and still you know, growing yeah, and my
0: you own. know there's no, I tell you what, in this field, in my opinion, there's no such thing as an expert. And there, there, in my opinion, there never will be because, you know, science will never look at this as a real scientific thing. I hope they do one day. I really, truly do. And I, you know, from all the research that they've done mm-hmm. with the CIA and certain things in the metaphysical world, they've proven a lot yep. of stuff. But, You know, it just you know, I just don't think there's really experts in this field. So don't don't worry about how how new you are or anything, because you know what? There might be something that you're going to teach me like that that I can take away from this, you know, and that's why I love doing this. I love meeting new people, having this podcast like from for you, Jody, what I was going to actually ask you was one of the things that I'm trying to work on for a spirit box is using a frequency, something like uh, trying to make a spirit box, like how it's with the radio frequencies, but a higher frequency, like me and a buddy Mm -hmm. were talking like VH, uh, like going even like a TV type thing, VHF or uh, Mm -hmm. whatever's higher, UHF or whatever, but how to do that and get it into a scanning thing. Are, Are we better off maybe just going into shortwave? and doing it that route or do you think or do you think that it's you can go higher and go uhf and and all that type of stuff
2: i think uh, with our research um we uh definitely with when you're talking about uhf and vhf signals i believe the classic white noise is probably the best way to go in that respect but if, uh, with our research uh It seems like the magic uh, frequency is between 850 to 950 nanometers okay um we actually have on film and through other observations shadow entities tend to not like those frequencies because it exposes them
3: yeah
2: and uh we do have a couple devices that tend to uh, draw them um it's a, still in the experimental stage. Um, we do have uh, some uh, some energized crystals that work around uh, 850 to 875 nanometer on vibration, and it seems to cause entities to stick with the pictures and, and some of the EVPs we've caught during uh, some research investigations. Um, but the higher the frequency, I think it'd be harder for the entities to control, in, in my personal opinion.
0: Really? Uh, do you think? Like, say if yeah. we are talking on a conscious on a conscious energy level, right? Mm-hmm. Say that they have the they're a higher vibrational being. Just say, right? Yeah, right. A higher vibrational being or a higher frequency being, wouldn't they have to lower their frequency down to use that spirit box to meet that frequency somehow? To do it, wouldn't that how? I mean, just I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is all theory, but I'm just saying I would think that they would have to lower themselves down because mediums always talk about how they have to raise their vibration and and frequency higher to match almost where they are to get their readings and all this type of stuff when they connect. that's from what I've heard from multiple mediums. So I was just wondering in that case. I mean, all theory, obviously, but I, yeah. I'd love to hear what you have to say on it because. I would love to know more about what you're working on because it sounds absolutely right up my alley to be honest. And right. I'd love to learn. Well, uh,
2: you know, we don't exactly think our, our you know, our brain waves or our alpha and beta waves yep. are literally measured in Hertz, I believe, not in megahertz. Oh, okay. So yeah. Uh you know, our brain does put out radial frequency, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would have to learn how to adjust those frequencies to to match up through some sort of amplifier or modulator, okay? Now, uh, what's interesting is, uh, have you seen those little Star Wars toys where you get to pretend like you're the force by moving a little ball up and down?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to get a hold of one. At, uh, I found that a local department store. By the time I got back to it, gone. Um, uh, and now the final money you pay for ridiculous amounts of money. But the whole idea is that would be a great tool to help measure uh, one's beta and alpha wavelengths as they came out uh, by using a standardized uh, calendar per se. Uh, you can turn any tool into a, a measuring system as long as you have a standard. And that's one of the things I was wanting to do with that device. Um, until I can, you know, I, I can still, you know, EGG out of a hospital or something of that nature. Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: right. Uh, but I honestly uh, believe that by us trying to, uh, I think the entities, uh, most of them were human or they are close to us. The earth uh, frequency is what? Like, um, uh, 2.6 hertz?
0: 432 hertz.
2: 4, 432, hertz. Yeah,
0: 432, hertz. Yeah.
2: 432 hertz, yeah. Right. So, honestly, if it, if these entities are somewhat bound here, they know that everything runs on a lower, way lower frequency. Yeah. Uh, I I think, like I said, with our research and what we've discovered, uh, the golden numbers is between 850 to 950 nanometers. And that also convalesces with a green laser
0: believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome. That see? is so awesome. See, that's one of my main things right now is I've been focusing a lot on spirit communication and that's, they've been drawing mm-hmm. me towards for some reason, Some like more about frequencies and about that. So that's why I wanted to bring that up to you and see what you've, mm-hmm. what you've gotten because I mean, you have so much knowledge in this and I just, that's what I'm saying. This is the little bits of knowledge that I no. love.
2: <laughs> I you know, um, I started this research back in 2014 with the, uh, with the discovery of the 950 nan- nanometer. That's where I started and discovered the variances with the shadow beings and so on, uh, utilizing uh, uh, by energizing crystals with uh, photonics and, and electronics. Right. Well, so I decided to go to Google, Google, the almighty um, Internet yeah. library. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I typed in energized crystals of light, thinking or laser. Someone else has to have done this before me. You know, there's no such thing as original ideal, right, kids?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, the first thing that popped up, the light uh, machine. Look it up. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. my gosh. He made some distant kin to me. He was compared to Charlatan and he designed device, the device to um, help cure elements and stuff. Very interesting stuff. And he believed that frequencies, uh, higher frequencies, uh, could actually heal the human body and so on uh, through energized crystals and light beams. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well,
1: but- When I I get what you're you're looking at, the science side of the paranormal, which is great with the frequencies and everything. But drawing that back, do you think it's possible that it's not the frequencies that are getting the entities to come forward? Do you think it's a case that they see what we're doing with the technology that we're using? And do you think they're they're clever enough or that they have the intelligence to understand eventually when we keep doing it, that they start realizing, oh, this is what you want me to do. I'm going to start doing it do you believe that you know we're building trust with these entities you know because i i've got a thing that we've gone to locations where nothing has happened we've had very minimal stuff happen like you hear footsteps and mm-hmm. things like that. we when we try and use like our spirit box we explain to the spirits what you can do use mm-hmm. this device to use it as a voice Do you, do you also think that the spirits could be watching us and they're learning as we're using these devices and using the technology and then when we start building trust they they understand what we're trying to get from them and that's how they start coming through
2: uh providing that they're the intelligent type of entities when you go into a locations of a residual yeah. uh, i say most definitely uh sometimes i think they can be annoyed if they you know if you see the same, you know different people coming in with the same thing over and over and over eventually you're going to roll your eyes and go oh god here Not again. <laughs> uh, we had yeah, you know, a lot of these entities I believe were human or at least uh, Close to being human uh, Shadow beings different story altogether, in my personal opinion um, The technology uh and them watching you know, I think they will uh, eventually try um in fact, I've even got a pact with some of my fellow ghost hunters on different groups. So if any of us uh, happens to pass on, <laughs> we're gonna you know be like, okay, you gotta tap the uh, k two two times to let us know if we just turn it on. <laughs> you know, so you know it might be a tongue in cheek, but you know, Houdini said the same thing, so.
1: Oh definitely. And um, oh, um, so um, you know, you, you use like you're learning to like the Reiki and you know, using your own abilities. You know, what you know, when you're out on investigation, do you have a particular thing that happens to you that that, that makes you feel that there's something there with you, like a touch in the head, or do you have certain tell signs when something's there with you when you're using your um reiki on investigation? um
4: just with my shoulders getting heavy you know that's really um about it um and sometimes you know i'll feel a little bit nauseous but not not often but um it's uh
0: Yeah, no, it's, I've, I've gotten, I mean, I've, I haven't gotten that feeling before myself, um, personally, like everyone talks about getting drained. I personally have never got drained before. Um, Mm -hmm. so I can't really speak too much on it, but I know people, a lot of friends that have and, uh, they, the first thing is they get nauseous. They, they, you know, their shoulders and stuff like exactly how you described and then they feel drained, like really completely out of it drained. It's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Um, I did
4: have an experience, um, not long ago at a home investigation where um we were working with um, a demonologist uh, and they was um kind of helping us um they were on the computer basically (laughs) it was uh, um they were um,
2: on the ground for the demonologists
4: yeah they were they were remote and so we were hands-on for the demonologist. And so I was the one that was asked to, um, do the blessing over the house. And, um, whenever, um, I was entering into the bedroom, then, um, I felt a little bit dizzy. And then whenever I came back out, um, I felt like I was losing my voice. And so the next time that I started to do the blessing, then, um, i raised my voice just a little bit louder and um, because i felt that i, I was losing my voice yeah. and at that time um yeah i went under, under attack and i started getting um yeah. uh loss of breath um and so no. they immediately you know shunned me out of the house and it's like go <laughs> get out of here you
0: i have a quick question about all that now you're new, you say, to the paranormal. What would make this demonologist be like, hey, you know, um, I think you should be the one to go and uh, go <laughs> do the blessing. You know what I mean? I, would just, I just have a question about that because normally that, people would think that that's dangerous, right? You know, you would think if someone's new to the paranormal, don't send them into lions. Yeah. Then,
2: mm-hmm.
3: what well,
0: mean, what, what, what was the whole situation, though?
2: Basically, um, this case started out with my primary metaphysicist, And um, he didn't have his shields up or something he didn't do right. Uh, He started getting really dark after the first visit. Hmm. Um, He started having cracks in his personality. Let's just put it that way. So much so, uh, he's still on suspension from home investigations until um, he can get get himself set right. And... uh, So I have, you know, other people in the metaphysics department and it's standard procedure that we don't send just one team member there. So I had to send in his assistant who who works under him and uh, I had to send another female, which unfortunately fell down onto Lisa's uh, lap there. Uh, So she kind of got drafted in on that one.
4: Yeah, and I was the tallest one of the two of us. And so the the head, you know, the frames were a little bit taller than what she was. And so I was the one that got <laughs> got to do it.
1: <laughs> AJ, you're on mute, my friend.
0: <laughs> the tallest one picked the shortest straw. That's what I was trying <laughs> to say. <laughs>
1: Lisa, just to ask them, that experience, uh, that sort of experience, did that throw you off and? In- You know, did that make you? um, Did that scare you? Like being put in that situation, and with what happened to you, and then having to leave. Did that? How did you feel? You know, when you look back on it now. Um, It
4: it did alarm me. You know, Um, and then I felt like that I had failed. You know, I mean, because it was just the two of us at that time but you know i, I, knew that that no, I no, yeah no. <laughs>
3: um,
4: but i was like you know i had one job to do and i wasn't able to complete it so um you know it kind of made me but then i realized you know that it wasn't all on me you know that's not that's not what it's about so um but you know i'll and if you can help just one person then it's all worth it absolutely
1: do you think it's made you stronger, like going through that now? Does do you feel it's made you stronger going through that, and you feel more confident going into these sort of things now?
4: I definitely think that um, I will know more about how to protect myself. You know, and and. Um, Maybe be a little more serious. Not that I wasn't serious, but maybe be a little more serious
1: about it. It sort of teaches you to be more aware of your surroundings, doesn't it? Like When, when you go through something like that, is yes. that. The, the one thing I would say about the paranoia, you can't say nothing for granted. Because no. things can switch up very quickly. And mm-hmm. especially for someone like you, you need mm-hmm. to. I think you need to be more on guard. Like for me, I don't necessarily feel things. I'm more, you know, I would use the technology. I would use... Yeah. You know, I think that that's my way of trying to, you know, document our evidence. But for you, you know, it's got to sit like, you know, you've got to be more careful with what you're doing. Um, right. And you, Jodie, with Lisa being that in that sort of, you know, sector of it, like based on everything, does that keep you more on guard when you guys are out on investigation to keep a more closer lookout on her just to make sure she's not being pushed to her limits and nothing's, you know, going to put her in danger?
2: well i do observe my mouse physicists uh, uh constantly while we're on hunts uh because they especially with lisa when she gets really quiet and when she's not uh uh, uh talk to talking to her children <laughs> <laughs> um, actually they're messing up and the, the you know I, I i observe changes in their mood and manner And then that's when I'll approach them, like, hey, how are you feeling? Uh, If they're a little too dark, I'll crack a little joke or something to kind of sort of snap them out out of it. Uh, But yes, I I definitely keep an eye on my metaphysics people. Now, you know, my tech people, well, they're a lot of them like me. They're like rocks. Short of something coming out of the ground and dragging them across the field, they're not going to really notice it. Uh, So, they're kind of like uh oh electric static to to a computer if you have the thing open and you get a little spark across the processor you've killed it Mm -hmm. and that's why i think my think of my metaphysicists they actually you know they're open and they can easily be attacked uh that's why i noticed with my head metaphysicist from case 155 uh he got dark and I had to call him off to the side. I'm like, look, dude, you're, you know you're not performing properly, something's wrong. We need to address this. Yeah. Um, that's I guess one of my other skills I bring to the team is I'm very observant. and I always tell my people regardless of tech, regardless of you know your uh, spidey senses, the best thing for ghost hunting is your own two eyes and hear and, and observe. Definitely. You know that that's the most important tools you have at at your disposal.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. I've got another question. Am I right to jump in with another question, AJ? Oh, do you? Do I don't want to get I don't want to get told off by the boss of the show. Sorry. That's it.
0: You're um, out of here.
1: <laughs> now, with with the paranormal field, you know we can all see it is getting more popular. You know as we're getting further into it, um, but something like with your own friends and family, I know these. are You sort of touched on it earlier on but when you told your friends that you're a paranormal investigator, you do Reiki, you know, you must have the, you know, what, what are people's reactions to you when you tell them about what you do? Um,
2: uh, you want Lisa to ask, answer that or
1: either of you? That's a no question oh. to both of you.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, um, generally speaking, on my family, they think I'm going to call the devil out and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, hell. Uh, I, I'm, uh, my family's very Baptist, to say the least. <laughs>
3: yeah, no, um, I get it.
2: Yeah, and when mom first found out about it, I was uh, dealing, uh, taking cameras and tape decks inside of graveyard hill. She uh, she said I was going, you know, burning hell for it. So <laughs> that's, and even <laughs> now, my mom would be, she'll just shake her head and like, just keep dabbling. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. I know that look. You know, it's just yeah. that look. Yep, with the shaking of the head. Yep. Oh, I, I, I get that. I get that as well. I'll go to my mum. Like, yeah.
1: like, oh, look what we did. No, no, it, you yeah. shouldn't be doing it. She, she said yeah. very clearly, shouldn't be doing it. So we, we we don't have a lot of conversations about it. It's one of those things that she she will support it. She's happy for me to do it because yeah, I think it's good to socialise with people as well. It's a great way to to do something different and socialise with people. Um, right. But yeah, other than that, talking about it, that's a no-no with her. Um, But what about you, Lisa? What have your friends and family been like with you when you've told them about what you do?
4: Um, I don't talk with them about it a lot. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have one coworker that I talk with her about it a little bit, but it's not really something that we have in common. And so, you know, it's not really something that we talk about a lot. Um, but I have got a couple other um co-workers that I'll talk with. Um and um they're pretty interested in it and they're pretty supporting of it.
0: That's cool. That's great. I mean it's so amazing to see because like if you think about it like ten years ago, you would be a kook if you like came out and said mm-hmm. anything about paranormal and now you could be like, yeah, I'm a paranormal investigator, and then yeah, someone else be like, paranormal. yeah, me too. Out of a, out of a room of ten, you'll get thirty other My people God, that'll no come one. in and be paranormal sure. investigators. It's, it's pretty wild, like how much it's grown, and it's good to see because these type of things need to be talked about. I think you know they need yeah. to be discovered, in whatever is going on, whether it be scientifically. Oh, we lost it for a sec. Um, whether it's you know scientifically, we find out you know it's mm-hmm. energy in a certain different way that we don't know of. Whatever, yeah. let's just find out. You know,
2: All right.
1: And, yeah.
0: you know, something, something for you,
1: Jody. you know, um, I think one of the problems with the paranormal is these TV shows. And oh, some yeah. TV shows, um, you know, they paint a picture that something's going to happen all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think one of the biggest things that a lot of them point out that this is demonic, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not always demonic. No. But if, for, my question is, you know, going to the question, I'm a new, say I'm a new paranormal investigator I want to get into the field right. if there was, uh, what would be firstly your advice to that new investigator and what equipment would you say for them to start with
2: uh, well my first advice is do you like watching paint dry because, <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll, go, you'll go cross-eyed watching a, a uh, laser grid on a wall for eight hours straight yeah. uh you have to have a lot of patience i'll tell them that when we get a, a new member voted in uh we have a day of tech training and with my team i normally uh tell them to buy a digital camera for their first piece of equipment
3: okay
2: uh because it not only covers video it also covers audio so you've got your digital recorder with that uh, a lot of times i'll tell them you know why you're doing the evp session Uh, Have the camera tilted down where it's watching the K2 for yes, no responses. Yeah. Uh, But when, you know, that's all exciting when you start seeing the day, you know, things happen. But uh, my team has very strict protocols on handling data with time indexing and directory. Uh, And in fact, I'm threatening my team now about uh, another tech day because some of the younger team members. Uh, have gotten sloppy with their time indexing, and yeah, it, they prefer a beating.
3: <laughs>
2: um, yeah, Lisa's is already hiding from it. Um, but yeah, that—that's my suggestion for any new paranormal investigator. It's not going to be like Scooby Doo, and with these TV shows. One of my bigger issues is when we go to a client's house that we've been called into, they're expecting, uh, you know, us to come in there and just, you know, yell at these entities and, and you know, act like we're possessed like several other hosts and so on. Hmm. That's not what we do. In fact, you'll hardly even hear us talk. Be, you know, that's, that's the biggest differences, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. And I think he just lost...
0: Yeah, like he just went dark on us. <laughs> I know. No are on the dark side of the moon. That's uh, it. I got, I got my
1: own little entity in the house switching the lights off. That's that, that's Sarah. That's my wife. She thought. Ah. That, but, um And just um, for you, Jody, the question I was asking, uh, um, sorry, Lisa, the question oh. I was asking Jody was, um, if I'm a new investigator, what advice would you give a new investigator? So for you to be quite new to what you're doing, what advice would you give someone? Um, with what you're doing and how to get into it and what to do. I don't know if she heard me.
2: Uh, can you hear us, Lisa? <laughs>
1: That's a no no then.
2: Uh, tech training, tech training. <laughs> oh, she's gone again. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay,
1: we're asked that question. Oh, she's back again.
0: Yeah, no, I'm just seeing if that was uh, maybe the case. Nope, she's she's uh, losing service here.
1: No, that's fine. So yeah, well, so,
2: we've, we've got probably a rain and wind going on here uh, in the tri-state area. So, I was that with the the, the signal. Um,
1: so yeah, so AJ, you got any questions? Because I was going to ask Lisa, but you know, I'll move on to you.
0: No. Yeah. No, I, I'm, you know, I've been fascinated um, by the knowledge that you have, my friend, scientifically and how you put it into your research. One of the things you just said was how about how you, you know, you're going to kick some butt over, you know, them time indexing and stuff. And to hear, you know, the old school way of, you know, writing stuff down and and time indexing, Mm -hmm. whether it be even be on a computer or whatever, however way you do it. I find that awesome because like I've always said from the beginning, I've been doing this like almost 10 years and I always have notebooks of stuff, of Mm -hmm. everything. Like, I mean, I probably have notebooks like a mile high, you know, like in my in my storage unit. You know, it's ridiculous. It's but it's so great to see someone else do that because I don't see a lot of people do it or take it that serious anymore. You know, it's now it's just a hobby, Mm -hmm. you know, which I I don't mind. I don't mind. But seeing a team like yourself um, is just so awesome that you, you put the effort in, you know.
2: Oh yeah. Well, when we um, go back to a home investigation to show any data that we find, and we we review it at our monthly meeting, we have a meeting every, the first Sunday of every month. That's awesome. And we review all the data. We uh, discuss what each of us have found, and then we cut it uh, out. We don't modify it or try to make it louder or anything like that. We just cut it out. And we'll put it on a flash drive to hand to the client. And that way, in case the client feels like we didn't do something right or they didn't like how we handled it, the next group that comes in, they can handle them that flash drive and go, "This is what this group found," and they've got a actual documentation of what we did.
0: That's awesome. See, and that's, just to us. That's the way. Um, you say you do the. Home
1: Sorry. <laughs> someone didn't like my voice then. Someone didn't like my voice. Yeah. Um, you say you say about the home visits that you do when someone needs help, which mm-hmm. is great. <clears throat> but do you have a certain guideline or a certain, you know, that you follow before going to make sure this is a legitimate case, or because surely you must have people that might try and play the field in some ways, you know. So do you have a guideline that you follow? You you get a case. What is the protocol that you follow before taking that case on?
2: Well, our basic protocol, my case manager, she has a list of questions that she asks and ticks off. She'll also ask them if they have gotten any pictures or anything of that nature to go ahead and send it to us. And yes, we have been uh, trolled at least three times. Uh, one of the first ones was actually a phone app that had a ferry that was in the picture that was misty um, I was hoping they weren't trying to troll us because a lot of times uh, I think people are doing it to uh, just to say hey look at me um, so yeah uh, we've been trolled uh, and they get very defensive and uh the, the procedure, is, a lot of times, uh, my case manager, she's pretty good at picking up when someone is, uh, you know, blowing smoke, catch my drift. Yeah. Um, and what usually our first visit when we go to a home investigation, mm. uh, that's why me and the case manager talks to the client as we go in. Mm. And if we, you know, Pick up some red flags on how they're acting, or or so on. Uh, we actually went to one where we were like, uh, "Where's your TV crew?" And we're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like that. We instantly—that's a red flag. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, what was I going to say? That we have my other host, uh, who's not with us right now, Todd from Relatively Paranormal. He actually um, has a show out in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, mm-hmm. on just a regular cable channel, and um, but he's very scientific. He doesn't play no games. Like it's it's a really good um, way that he's allowed to control his own thing. Like he doesn't have anyone telling him what to do, which is cool. Um, so he does it very like scientifically with the equipment that he uses and stuff. And um, he gets people to he goes out to homes to help, and um, mm-hmm. they'll ask him like, "Oh, well, is this going to be on the TV show?" And he'll be like, "What? Like really? You you called us out here for this? Like we're really trying to help people." And you're making a mockery of this. And he gets so angry about it because he's really there to help people. And when he gets these people that all they want is this fame or to be on a TV show, you know, it's just it's it's sad. It's, you know, but that's what the world is becoming. You know, that 15 minutes of fame, unfortunately, you know, I think yeah.
1: it's the TV shows. That's that's
0: what I. No, that's what I mean. Like, it is. Right. A, it, is um, it is
1: a pain. But
0: um, even that, the YouTube watching. world, the YouTube world has gotten kind of infested with a bunch of crazy stuff too with the faking and mm-hmm. making the paranormal field look a lot more um i want to say enticing than i guess it could really be like you said staring yeah. at dry paint you know i was just about to say the way yeah, paint plays, drying. yeah paint you, you can thing.
1: be there for so long and nothing happens you just got to be so oh. patient so if anyone's watching right. that wants to get into the field you know it's like going fishing isn't it you cast your rod and you just got to wait for a bite. Okay. it's not going to be you get in there and then something's going to, wow, well, you know, no. you've you just got to sit there and wait until you get a bite.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's, the, that's How great. about this? How about this? The worst thing ever is I thought it was like going to be so awesome when I got more than one camera. So I got like four or five cameras, and I went to Montana State Prison. And when I had to watch all that footage back, <laughs> twelve hours on, or eight hours on each camera, I was like, "Yep, I'm never buying another camera ever again." <laughs> I wanted to shoot yeah. myself.
2: Well, one of the worst things my my team can do and i um, i really don't suggest this for any paranormal group to do unless it's absolutely necessary uh we every now and then get a client that claims that something comes in while they're asleep yanks the cover off off of them or grabs them or something Mm -hmm. so in some cases we'll set up a camera to watch the client for eight hours that is probably you see things you don't want to really observe during investigation.
1: They <laughs> forget the camera's there.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, you hear them go, well, I woke up with the covers off me and you can go, honestly say, yeah, you kick a lot while you sleep and so on. You can, uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you see and here, body functions, you don't care to see. So, oh, wow. you know, just, uh, fortify yourself. If you go to do that for a client.
0: <laughs> um, Raymond. Raymond just said, great show, everyone. Uh, Hit me up for an investigation. I'm up. I'm in Greenup County, Kentucky. So that's Raymond. He works in locations department at uh, Global Ghost Hunt. So uh, we'll be hitting you guys up for sure. I might have uh, something
4: uh, you might be interested in. um, uh, Right. You hear that?
0: (laughs) <laughs> all right so there you go right uh, now hit up lisa uh you i well we all have the email so we'll, we'll make sure that he gets in touch with you for sure thank
1: you and on the note of the global ghost hunt then so you guys have signed up for the global ghost hunt can right. you give us a bit of an inside of the location that you'll be investigating and why you chose that location
2: uh yeah it's uh the haunted majestic uh basically it's a pair of barges are uh basically welded together out on the uh, the Ohio River. Uh, it currently serves as a haunted house attraction, uh, but it has a, these barges. Uh, there's been my researcher and the owner, they were able to find the titles and do uh, some pretty good research. They were built in 1912. Uh, they were part of the dredging effort to make the Ohio deeper. Uh, if you know anything about this area, uh, a lot of the Indian mounds are were uh, really close to the edge of the river back in those days. So chances are when they dredged through the river, they probably took a lot of Indian mounds with them. Wow. Uh, and then um, they were put to dry dock for a while. Then they got serviced in World War II. I don't know if you uh, know this, but uh, in World War II uh, here in America, they basically took any scrap piece of iron they could to put towards the war effort. In fact, mm-hmm. several of the iron furnaces out here from the 1800s got blown yeah. apart to get the little bits of iron that was in them out. I know yeah, uh, So they were um, put to use uh, as support barges for the uh, military, or the Navy, more precise. Uh, I believe they started life out as a birthing vessel. I don't know if you know what those are or not.
0: I, it sounds familiar, but I don't know
2: offhand. Yeah, a birthing vessels are basically when they're working on a navy ship,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, they will take the crew and have them live on those
3: birthing okay. vessels. Yeah. Okay.
2: While they work on the ship itself, uh, then it later became uh, uh, became a hospital uh, bark, which was the idea. We actually stole from the French from World War One, believe it or not. The Americans did. Uh, basically, it was a mash before mashes were a thing. Uh, you know, if you docked somewhere, you could get your soldiers in. If the enemy was coming, you could quickly hook them up and take off with your wounded. Hmm. That was the ideal about these barges. Uh, it's speculated that they were a part of the uh, fleet that was preparing for D-Day. Hmm. Uh, we can't 100% confirm if they actually made it to Normandy or not. But, to be honest, you can't 100% confirm most vessels that were support vessels in World War II. You know how many PT boats were enlisted in World War II? There was like something like 1,200, but they believed to be 1,200, but you can only find records about maybe 400 of them. Yeah. Records were sparse back in those days. Uh, Then it got retired after NAM, or Vietnam, and became a a, uh, Uh, a floating restaurant for about 20 years. And it was owned by several different companies. But the creepy thing is uh, where they were hostile vessels, they had freezers on them for bodies. Well, the the restaurants, instead of buying new freezers, which are expensive, they decided to keep using the freezers for food and so on. So those are the original freezers on there. And if you look at them, uh, the, the workings on them and stuff, They're really, you can tell they're really old. (laughs) Um, Uh,
0: Yeah, keep going,
2: my friend, keep going. Okay, so, you know, they have a lot of history. They've been through uh, and probably seen a lot of death. Uh, We have uh, had uh, paranormal activity occur on the vessels. uh, with Voices, Uh, we've caught EVPs. Uh, We've had uh, people touched pushed but oh. for the most part the entity seemed to be uh welcoming you know how a lot of times you hear people say oh god it said get out and so on
3: yeah.
2: uh our first investigation when we uh was using our obelisk m do you you know what the obelisk m is yeah it's the really old first model obelisk yeah. and you know the uh, pneumatic mode is just a bunch of uh, 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 like that yeah a yeah. bunch of we actually had a intelligent talk through that mode. Wow. Unfortunately, it yeah. wasn't caught because we had just literally that night used up most of our batteries. We had a high amount of drain. Yeah. And my metaphysicist, as the rest of the team went home, he's like, you know, I really want to check this one room out. I just keep getting this feeling. So I was like, OK, because yeah. he He was really wanting to go back down there we went back down there and we these this entity gave us a name rank uh a date um which we were later uh able to kind of confirm with some records um but in the end it begged us not to go yeah it literally asked us to stay and that is something you really don't hear a lot about investigations. People are like, yeah, we were told to get out or run.
0: I think uh, it goes with the respect aspect, though. Yeah. It depends how you go into it. Because I've had really great, I never really get, I, I don't, I mean, I've never gotten get out. I mean, there's been a couple of times at like a cemetery before mm-hmm. I've really, they've understood why I was there. Um, they mm-hmm. were like, oh, get out, thinking I had bad intentions. But once I, for some reason, talked to them or out loud and said, state my intentions, you know, they were totally different towards me, but going in with respect, and then you get some people that mm-hmm. go in, and you know, you go to these places, like you were saying in the beginning of the podcast, like you go in the same thing over and over. Like people think, like, Oh, yeah, if I do this, if I set off this light, this person's going to help me. And, mm-hmm. you know, teams come in and out saying they're going to do certain things. And after a while, as a ghost, what would you be like? You'd be like, Okay, they just want me to do yeah. circus acts. I'm just going to go sit right. here in the corner and be miserable. So I think with the respect aspect that you guys have towards it, I think that that's why you guys have, you know, such a great connection when you go into these places. And also with your meta- metaphysicist. Ha, <laughs> ha, got it, Lisa. <laughs> but, um, I was going to get it, the one part of the show, damn it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but I-, I think it just has to go with the respect aspect of how you guys go about it. And I think it's really awesome what you guys do. Yeah. Thanks, okay, right. Um, I want to ask one thing. Hold on one minute. What is both of yours? Um, I'll actually ask Lisa first, Lisa, what's your most profound paranormal? Um, you probably already told this, but what's your most profound paranormal experience with the group so far being this in this new adventure? Um, well, I go out
4: to watch my son, um, shank a hand of an entity on one of the on the first house investigation that we did it was on the sos um he he actually shook hands with an entity um but then the other one would probably be whenever i got attacked as i was doing the blessing
0: wow yeah The blessing. yeah that's i tell you that blessing that's i would tell you what i would never do a blessing in my first if i was first getting into it so i god bless you girl you are you are amazing i'd be freaking out when i first started you don't even know. I'd be, I'd be a girl, Nando. I'd be running.
3: I'd be. <laughs> I'll
0: be honest. I
1: still run now. If something happens that you know gets to me, I'm, I'm off. You know, if you yeah, ask my, uh, you know, the team that I'm with, you know, yeah. I'm the first one to be like, yeah, I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna go and sit in the hub and just chill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey Emma, how are you? Hey Emma. Um, but yeah. One time uh, I did
4: um, threaten to run. Um, we we actually got some um, action on the. The Honda Majestic. Whenever we was doing a, a tour, and um, um, it was, what was the? Jody, help me out. Um, mm-hmm. the.
0: Um. Yeah, he's lost too. I think
4: it was the <laughs> like the the temperature. It was the temperature gauge, wasn't it? it I was, was talking about about
2: the the, spring box and the temperature yeah. gauge. Yeah, you you it guys.
4: It was off. It was turned off.
2: Right, and it came on out of nowhere. Yeah,
4: on. Oh, on. Wow, wow. And I was like, "Okay, I'm out. I'm done." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that'd
0: be freaky, definitely. How about yeah. for you, Jody? Out of all the scientific stuff that you've that you've gotten over the years, what is your most profound piece of evidence that really made you maybe question maybe the science aspect? Hmm. Have you had any experience like that? And you got a you got a visitor behind you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. It was over your shoulder the whole time. It was great.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's my stairway. Yes, dude. Oh, yeah, awesome.
0: uh, gave you a hug and left. I like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, the, I think the the scariest. Uh, honestly uh, or the most profound for me was the night we was at the Ramsdale in Cedar Canova in West Virginia here uh, we uh, we rented the place out for a night, and uh, the owner, and this is like midsummer, the owner told us to you know just to turn off the lights and and we're we're good well. Uh, throughout the night, we kept stalling some electrical burning. Uh, my case manager at the time, Tiffany, got really sick, uh, just kept uh, having to run outside to, you know, take care of business. Uh, and uh, even my, uh, my investigator, Tim, he, the guy that's not afraid of anything, he was jumping and just was skittish that night. Uh, once again i was like a rock just like okay guys what's going on and finally uh, uh the uh, lights got and the power in the house got so low it couldn't even keep the netbook we were using to keep data on turned on and uh it had me so concerned i went downstairs pulled the main uh main fuse and then not have breakers you know the big old bus fuses that they used to use because at the time i was like yeah i do not want my team (laughs) to be accused of burning down a historical site (laughs) in west virginia Uh, and we made sure we called her uh, the owner of this place the next day they called an electrician and according to her which i checked in a week or so after that the electrician went out there and somehow the, this guy said in his 60 years of working in electricity, he has never seen a meter box burn exactly halfway up. Uh, it it literally just slowly was burning the electrical grid out of that house that night. Oh my uh, God. Something obviously didn't want us in there that night. Now, mind you, to Ramsdale, I don't know if you know anything about the Ramsdale house here.
0: Unfortunately, I do not. Please enlighten me on that
2: basically, uh, Mr. Ramsdale, who was a shoemaker, uh, decided to build his home close to the river because the river is a main throughway to, you know, to Mississippi and all that. Uh, so, he decided to build his house as close as possible upon this little mound next to the river. Well, that mound happens to be an Indian mound that the basement literally goes right through. And it's uh, when it floods, it'll go up around the house, but not in it, because where they built it. Oh, wow. And so there, there's a lot of eerie things that goes on in there. Uh, yeah, they don't know
0: the explanation of why it does that either?
2: Uh, well, uh, we just believe that uh, the reason it goes doesn't go in the house is simply just higher than the river basin there.
0: Yeah. Oh. Okay. 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 Yeah. I was it's gonna why, I was going to say, why all this weird stuff is happening? Is there like a vortex? Is there something that's going on in the area, like geologically, well, or? Um.
2: Uh, well, it is built on an Indian mound, oh, and yeah. usually, they usually don't like to be disturbed.
0: Yeah. You uh, say that. Yep.
2: Yeah. Other paranormal groups have claimed there was a vortex. Uh. We didn't get any detection of that, hmm. but we do get strange energies, strange. Uh, uh items literally you can uh move you'll go into one room come back in you'll see the chair moved and it's like these entities know when you set up a camera because they won't do it
0: yeah yeah yeah, I don't, you got to love that. Always when you have a yeah. camera, they don't want to do things. But the minute you accidentally stop recording, it's yeah. like you get the most amazing stuff. <laughs> and you can't prove mm-hmm. it to anybody else. It sucks. Right. Grand right. right. so is good for that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, Nando, you have any other questions that you'd like to ask, uh, Joe? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, one question. If Brian's still watching, I've nicked it from Brian's show. <laughs> okay. It's a Lex question, but I think it's a really good question. So you're given a bag of money, right? So money's not on an object. Mm-hmm. If you go anywhere in the world to investigate somewhere, where would you go and why?
2: Mm. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> there's so. You, you know, one of the places. If money was an option, uh, one of the places I would like to check out, uh, and I can't think of the name off the bat. But there's these orbs in Russia that seem to come out of the ground uh, gotcha. It's in Siberia. And supposedly there has been several expeditions out that way. And before they even get within uh, 50 to 60 miles of it, uh, the teams reported being sick, uh, emotional distress and so on. Yeah. I would definitely like to go and investigate that.
0: Uh, That would be awesome. Siberia has some of the most creepiest things from all the stuff that I've like Mm -hmm. read about and things. Oh, it's just its its such an amazing, mysterious place. To be honest, I mean, I wish it wasn't super cold because I'd love to visit, but I hate the cold, so I probably will never visit.
2: (laughs) In the in the uh, spring and summer isn't so cold, but a severe mosquito issue out there.
0: Oh yeah, no, see, I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm good. Two things I what, hate: cold and bugs.
1: And what about you, Lisa? Is there a specific place or that you would like to go investigate?
4: Um, probably one of the Ireland can- castles. And cool. I don't know any specifics one, but I just uh, I've been um, seeing and hearing a, a lot of um, things about Ireland, and um, some of their different castles and things.
1: Well, if yeah, if you wanna contact if you ever get to Ireland, <laughs> get up right yeah, yeah. from <laughs> um, paranormal researchers. And she's got some amazing places in
0: Ireland that yeah. you know,
1: she she she's got some great locations over there in Ireland.
0: Yeah. Um, Loftus this is, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Loftus Hall and all those places out there, yeah. Beautiful places. Ireland just a beautiful place in general. I mean, when we had Patty Negri on, she was actually she had just come back from Ireland and she said That the uh, there was a fairy farm or fairy whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. and she said it was unbelievable what they saw. And uh, I was like, "Well, I gotta go see this," you know. Um, And then uh, Brian just said Limp Castle, another one. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I mean you're absolutely right. Both places you guys said were absolutely awesome. Nando, where would you go? (laughs) Where would I go? Yeah, if you had all. Um,
1: (sighs) Where'd I go? Do you know? I would love to go to Italy and do a paranormal We're investigation. Just there. Yeah, I know, but that's a family
2: holiday. Look, oh. My, you know, oh, you don't have family. your women on holidays.
3: Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: You don't have your women on holidays. No. I, that's I, had, my cool. mom,
1: I had my mum with me as well, so oh, you, know, oh, I can, you, you, you don't cross my mum. If you ever yeah. meet my mum, you don't. Cross <laughs> her. Like, if that's one, the two women in my life that I would never cross. Is my wife and my mother. That's it. <laughs> that's an, an Italian upset. man right there. <laughs> upset. Um, they're worse than the men. You know, I tell you, they're worse than the men. So but no, I would love to, you know, I think there's some great places. The Colosseum in Rome, I mm-hmm. think that would be oh, yeah. an amazing place to um, to investigate. You know, would I be able to get in there? Very unlikely, because Italy is a very religious place, you know, a lot of Catholics, so I don't think they would be you know, yeah. they would they wouldn't open the doors. They're, they'll kick me out of the country, but I don't think they would welcome yeah. me. But what about you, AJ? As well, is there anywhere um, that you,
0: would like go? you know you took my you took the one I was going to choose because we've had that conversation before, and I told you about the coliseums and stuff. But um, really, I don't know. See, from having Robin always on and you out in the UK um always talking to you guys and you guys always want to come to the u.s but i want to go out that way i want to go to ireland i want to go to the uk i want to go to germany i mean you know where actually i would love to go and this is not this means no disrespect to any of holocaust survivors but i would love to go to the camps of those places because if there's any place where there needs healing it would be those places and if there's spirits that do get trapped that would be a place I would think that needs Mm -hmm. people to cross over and to really help. And if there's something that I can do in any aspect of that, I would love to go to those um, unfortunate um, Holocaust places and, and see Mm what, what is there. Yeah.
2: One of our team members actually went to Auschwitz uh, back in 2015. Uh, She's an archaeologist by uh, trade. So she, uh, she, brings back some pretty interesting stuff and pictures and, and and things she did did and she said as soon as she entered uh, the the living area uh she said you she could smell the sweat uh that was still ingrained in that wood and felt like a hundred eyes was on her And she didn't she said she couldn't stay in there longer in five minutes because she just felt like people were just Wanting to her to get them out of there. Nice. Uh, yeah.
0: I can't imagine. I could, The energy mm-hmm. would be terrible because I, I, I'm mm-hmm. sensitive to certain energy, and that energy would probably really bother me inside for sure. I would have to really like protect myself if I went to those places because the negative there mm-hmm. would be a, surmountable for real. Um, yeah. Brian just said, um, AJ, there's a place in Italy, a town. He said, can't remember the name. Every night they hear a woman scream. That screams every night, and they can't locate where it's coming. Have you ever heard of this Nando by chance? Of this place? No, no I've
2: not. I'll have there. to
0: look more more into it. But um...
2: we we had an investigation similar to that uh, at Woodmere Cemetery. It was like uh, two thirty, three o'clock at night. I was with a different group then. I, uh, they invited me along with them and we heard a little girl screaming well this graveyard is kind of close to the bad part of town in huntington
3: Mm.
2: so we thought someone actually had a little girl and uh we split up we had walkie-talkies we triangulated it and as soon as we came across this one grave that had toys on it the screaming stopped and it was a little girl's grave uh, which was kind of eerie. Uh, it, it, yeah, we and I had my team researcher do some research. Uh, the child died at eight years old. Uh, she was brought in from China. The disease was unknown. They just said she died from some unknown viral disease. Uh, and when we do EVP sessions, we're uh, right there. We will not get any EVPs done if there's any males around that grave site. It has to be an all-female group that does it. But the screaming, uh, we uh, we think the entity likes to play hide and go seek like a child would.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that what kind of sort of prompt me. Uh, we've had a lot of interesting investigations through the years, you know. Uh, and it seems like almost when I hear one thing, it brings me back to something else we've done. So, or thing. Yeah,
0: well, hey, I look forward to seeing you guys when on, uh, for global ghost on, please, before you guys go though, please shout out the, um, the place again. Um, shout out your name, where they can find you guys at. Um, if there's, you know, any social medias or that, you know, YouTube that they could find. Yeah, please uh, do that for us so that they can uh, learn more about your team. And if they need help, reach out.
2: Okay. Uh, well, the place we're going to be hosting at for the gold global ghost Hunt will be the Haunted Majestic The website, simple www.hauntedmajestic.com. Uh, its Facebook page is www.facebook.com uh, forward slash grave, G R A V E, seven four six three.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so mm-hmm. much. I appreciate it, you guys. Thank you so much thank for coming you. on. I really appreciate it. Would you guys come on again for us sometime? Sure. Oh, yep. that'd be great. I'd really appreciate it because there's so much to talk about. I mean, Jody, right. we could be on here for three hours talking about science science stuff because I'm telling you, man, like mm-hmm. this is all that research all day long,
2: so I love it. Our team meetings usually last in between, anywhere between six to eight hours.
0: Oh, see? There we go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, I love it. Lisa, thank you so much as well for coming on.
4: Thank you for having us. Yeah.
0: And I look forward to seeing how your journey uh, you know, keeps going as well. So I'm going to definitely keep in touch. And uh, if you guys ever need any help or anything, please just let me know. I'll always, always be here to help. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Yeah.
3: Cool. Thank you.
0: You guys
3: take care. Bye, guys.
0: Take care, guys. Oh, man, such a good show, dude. Such yeah,
1: show. really interesting. Two different sides of the paranormal. You know, you got Jody with his – the tech side of things and then you know it's great to hear from lisa she's quite fresh into it all and yeah. she's still developing and learning so it'll be great to catch up with her in the future and see how her development goes and what, what she lands going forward and how she grows so really exciting to see them back on and you know like we just said to see their um live for the global ghost hunt that would be
0: amazing yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be awesome to see him before the global go sign. You know, I I love the two sides that they have because you know Jody, his intelligence, I could just see from the moment he we he came on the screen, man, and in, in between us talking. I just got this feeling that he was just is very intellectual, very intelligent he knew what he talks about, he knows what he talks about and he's dead set on it and I tell you what from hearing his scientific side of this and the, and the things that he's developed like things that he created, even just as simple as an EMF detector, I mean I don't I can't do that type of stuff, you know what I mean I wish I could. But I tell you what, to be able to have the power to do that and the ability to do that, the things that you can harness like he has, like a voltage meter he was talking about, that is so fascinating. And this is the type of stuff that's game changing for the paranormal field. And I think that this is really why I wanted to do this paranormal podcast from the beginning because of this reason reason we're learning from so many different people, um, like Jody, like other guests I've learned from you. I mean, I learn from you every time we talk, man. And, and you're a friend of mine. So, you know, even though Lisa said she was a, a beginner in this, I tell you what, she's taught me stuff with the Reiki stuff. She's taught me stuff about I'm never doing a blessing <laughs> ever again. Uh, after that, no, but, um, but no, but, it doesn't matter what level or you are or how long you've been in this. I mean, I, I learn from everybody and I think that that's the main part of this.
1: And I think what's important is, as you said as well, you know, it doesn't matter what level or how new you are, that none of us are experts in the field. You know, yeah. we can have opinions. You know, I can get Jody, he's got a lot of intelligence and a lot of knowledge when it comes to the technology because he's taking the time. But when it comes to the actual paranormal and understanding nc we're never going to know for sure you know no, a lot here, of it is i think we will only know for sure what's on the other side once we've reached our final destination here you know once our time is done here and then we cross over you know that's yeah. when we will find out what's actually on the other side yeah, but it, it's in. just a great it's, it's just a great field to be in and it's yeah. absolutely fun and you know the most important thing is just enjoy just have fun with it, you know. Take it seriously,
0: Absolutely. but enjoy it at the same time. Absolutely, uh, you know. That's all you can do, man. Is you just have to have a good time with it, and you just have to, you know, take as much as you can with a grain of salt, um, and just, you know, take the wins and the wins, and you know, just keep moving forward. So definitely, definitely. But um, I want to say thank you to Mandy Miller, Carlos. Very awesome to see you, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Um, but this was an awesome show. Um, Look forward to Global Ghost Hunt. The first events are coming up in May. So go to www.globalghosthunt.com. You can register for October. Get registered. Get ready. It's going to be awesome. Head over there. We have a bunch of teams. It's going to be so amazing for May. Um, So it's going to be great. And Carlos, I I like that you dropped by. I'm happy that you did. So thank you. Um, But... Nando, thank you so much, brother, again for joining me.
1: That's all right.
0: Anytime. And uh, until next time, there's another episode talking with the source. Take care. Later.